Welcome to NFP's Insights from the Experts podcast. Each episode showcases timely expertise and perspective from members of the NFP community, delivering information, analysis, and solutions that address our clients' most significant challenges. Hey everybody, I'm Kyle Healy from NFP. Welcome to our big question series. We're trying to answer the most pressing questions our clients, our contacts, our prospects, our network are bringing to us and our uh, colleagues every day as we continue to make our way through the COVID-19 outbreak, kind of global pandemic. I'm here today with Chase Cannon from NFP's Compliance Organization Department Function. Chase, you want to give a kind of quick introduction, explain your background, your credentials? You didn't just walk off the street. You kind of know what you're talking about when it comes to this stuff, right? Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. I'm Chase Cannon. Hey, everybody. Uh, I head up our benefits compliance team, which is a team of uh, attorneys focused on uh, benefits compliance. Uh, my background is uh, I'm an attorney, and I've been doing this for about 10 years now. Before that, I was with the IRS and the U.S. tax court, so I kind of have that federal regulatory background, uh, but we, our team's sole purpose is to try and help employers uh, stay compliant with all the various laws. And as you know, Kyle, they're changing constantly. Yeah, right, like literally 15 minutes before we, we kind of got on this, on this Zoom, you guys published a, uh, a new article about some of the, the legislation that's getting passed. But the big question we wanted to talk about for this specific session, um, what are employers supposed to do when they're kind of faced with a, a huge business interruption right now, um, work is kind of being dried up, they're facing liquidity issues, cash flow. Obviously, the workforce payroll is generally the biggest kind of expense on their books. And so employers, the first thing they often look to do when things get bad like this is, is cut payroll, cut heads. However, Understanding that this might be temporary, most employers looking to not necessarily lay off, but maintain some kind of soft relationship. We're getting a lot of questions about, does how we separate from the employee matter? Is the classification we give that separation important with regard to us being able to continue giving them benefits? You guys are getting that a lot. What's the answer? Is there a difference between a terminated employee, a furloughed employee? This is obviously coming a lot. Restaurants, airlines... Do we have an answer? Yeah, so there's a couple things to consider. Obviously, we don't have the exact answer for everybody because it depends on the situation. It depends on what maybe the employer's goals are too, right? What's their strategy? If they really think it's going to be short term and um, they want to kind of keep the relationship, not, not let the employees go completely, uh, employers might want to consider calling that a furlough or a, an inactive period where the relationship is still there, the employment relationship is still there, um, but you know, you're, you're just kind of on this inactive status. Um, if it's going to be longer term or if the employer really doesn't have the ability to maintain that relationship, then turn it into this uh, sort of termination of employment. And that makes a big difference when it comes to benefits because, um, you know, lots of uh, carrier contracts, a lot of plan documents when you're talking about the medical plan, dental envision, and I guess any other type of benefit, whether somebody can stay on the plan during a period of inactive status or a furloughed status depends on what the plan terms say. And in the fully insured context, if you have a fully insured plan, that's driven by the carrier. 
So really the first step when it comes to benefits is to review with the carrier who can stay eligible. A lot of carriers have terms in their contracts that say you can only be eligible if you're inactive from work for maybe one month or maybe two months. Sometimes it breaks it down by weeks, but it puts kind of a limit on how long somebody can be away from work and yet remain eligible for the plan. So that would be the step step one. Step two would be to review internal plan documents. So you hear this term SPD, that's a summary plan description, or a wrap plan. Those are documents that control the operation and the administration of the plan. If uh, in those plan docs or SPDs, there should be eligibility terms, and you want to make sure those are spelled out to say somebody on a furlough could remain eligible through the furlough. And then the third is just to really think about kind of going back to the beginning. What does the employer really want to accomplish? If it really is just cost savings and you, or, or if you, the employer doesn't have a choice, right? There's just no work. Sure. There's no money Ill coming liquidity, in. cash flow, right? Right. In that case, uh, maybe you don't want to go to this furloughed status. Maybe the best is just terminate employment. Of course, at that point, the other big question we get is, okay, well, if, if, if we're furloughing somebody, is that a COBRA event? Is that really a loss of eligibility? That goes back to the plan terms. If it is a loss of eligibility, it will be a COBRA event. But it's definitely a COBRA event if the uh, employee is terminated. So at that point, you've severed the employment relationship. The, as a result, the employee has lost their eligibility for the group health plan, and you have to offer COBRA. For those that aren't familiar with COBRA, that's just the ability to, for the individual to continue on their own sort of pick up the cost, but they have access to that coverage for usually 18 months. So can we step back to the furlough status for a second then? Everybody understands on the on the COBRA basis, or at least they should, or they can check with their, their NFP advisor on kind of the, the cost splits as it relates to COBRA. But on that furlough status, we're talking about there's a potential that you're, you're not terminated, you are terminated. It goes back to plan terms, governing documents, SPDs, et cetera. Let's assume you're not terminated. You're furloughed, and that doesn't fall into that terminated status. Do I have to keep the exact same cost share? Does that go back to governing documents? Is that generally something that's even outlined in governing documents? How do I figure out what I still continue to pay employee versus employer? It's a great question, and that's uh, another question that's just a natural next step. Um, this one depends on a couple of things as well. Yes, the plan documents, employee communication sometimes does spell out what the employer will pay during a furlough or during a leave of absence. Most of the time, employers aren't that organized or they don't have it spelled out formally. Um, so they can kind of come up with what they want to do. But there are a few things to consider. If they're a bigger employer, if you're over 50 employees, they're subject to the ACA and the employer mandate. And um, in some instances, a furloughed employee could continue to be considered a full-time employee to whom the employer is obligated to not only offer coverage, but make it affordable, which gets back to the employer contribution levels. Uh, so for most employers, they can kind of treat a furloughed as a non-full-time employee. But if they're using measurement periods, and this is getting fairly technical, but I was gonna say, uh, a measurement period. Now we're period getting is, into the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> This is why you uh, don't want to have to deal with some of this stuff. But if you're using measurement periods, there's a chance that that employee continues to be a full-time employee through a furlough or through a, a, a leave of absence. And you would have to continue to maintain the affordability, which means you wouldn't want to change your 
employer contributions. So we won't go too far into the weeds. It gets boring. Yeah. Some, some layers to that onion that you'd have to peel back with your advisor. Uh, certainly an opportunity with how complex these kind of questions are for you to reach out to your, your contact at NFB. Got a number of experts like Chase here uh, on our benefits compliance team who can help our clients through it when they get a chance to look at their specific documents. Uh, we're going to wrap that here today, Chase. We might be back with you in a couple of days because things are changing by the minute. Uh, everybody remember to check out the insights page at www.nfp.com. The direct link will be right here. Thanks for your time, Chase. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to everybody soon.